And uh, before I tell you what, why don't you, if you would, be so kind, would you open your precious Bible this morning to the book of Genesis chapter 41. We're going to continue our study in the life of Joseph. It's been very helpful to me. I hope it's been very helpful to you. While you're turning there to Genesis chapter 41, I want to encourage you, please be a part of the fall festival. It's going to be a great day. Uh, we normally would see anywhere from three to 400 people come through. And uh, we just have a great day. It's a great day of fun. There's a lot of effort that's put in it. We appreciate uh, Miss Deanna and Brother Corey. Uh, they work hard at it. One of the reasons they have a heart for it is that's really, we didn't have it exactly like that, but we had something out in the parking lot. And that's kind of what introduced them to our church. And uh, through all of that, Corey got saved. And, and they've been in our church now for, I guess, what, 10 years, 8, 9, 10 years. And so... And so anyway, it's a great, great ministry. I want you to be a part of it. If you've ever worked it, you know how fun it is. And so please be a part of that. Get excited about it. Be handing out all of the flyers. And I plan on being here and looking forward to all of that. And that's a fun, fun, fun event. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, let me, um, as you're there in Genesis chapter 41, uh, want to get you caught up. I know most of you, uh, if you're... If you know the word of God, you know that one of the stories, even as we learn as a child, is the story of Joseph. And uh, what a story. What a real story. I mean, I want you to think about it a minute. I want you to think about, uh, we find that he was a dreamer and he was, uh, he had a, really, he was a loved child. We know that. So you, you think about his thoughts of home and, and his upbringing. Now, there was some dysfunction there, no doubt about it, but his father loved him. He loved his father. He loved his brother, but his brethren were jealous against him, of him. And because of that, he went out just to check on his brothers one day. And they wanted to kill him. But instead of killing him, they threw him in a pit. So I want you to think about They threw him in a pit. Then they peddled him. They peddled him. They sold him to some Ishmaelites to take him and to save him as a slave. So he was in a pit. Hearing his brothers talking about what are they going to do to me. These are people that should have protected him. These are people that should have loved him. These were people, his very own, his own family rejected him and threw him in a pit. And so then he was peddled. Then we know that he was sold to a man by the name of Potiphar. And he was serving the Lord in Potiphar. He was doing everything good there. He even did so well that Potiphar raised him up over all the household. And there his wife lied about him. And next thing you know, we find him leaving Potiphar's house. And then we find him in prison. And while he's in prison, he interprets dreams and to the baker and the butler. And when the butler got out, he, he told him, he said, when you get out, please don't forget me. Well, guess what? The butler forgot about him. So all of this has happened to the... Now, I want you to think about it. That's something you won't even find in a book. <laughs> That's something you'd be hard to find. A, a, a man go through what he went through. And then, y'all like, like uh, happy endings? Well, he went through the... He was in the pit, he was peddled, he was in Potiphar's house, he was in prison, but praise God it ended up he's in the palace. Now this is where all this takes place, this passage, and I'm going to read quite a bit this morning. But what a journey. What a story. Can I ask all you moms something? How many of you would like for your son or daughter to go through what he went through? How many would y'all like that? How many of y'all think you'd understand if, if your son went through what Joseph went through? How would you feel about it? I want you to think about it. What if you're a dad and that was your son or that was your daughter? How would you feel about that? 
that that was your son's story or your daughter's story. How would you feel about that? I want you to think about that because these men and women that we read about in the Bible, they have the same feelings you have. They're not superhuman people. Yet, we find that Joseph is a beautiful type of Christ. But I want you to think with me, of all this drama, this story, this journey that Joseph took, now I want you to notice where we end up here in Genesis chapter 41. Let's begin reading in verse 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Now, keep in mind, during this time, this period of time, Egypt was the ruler of the then known world. It was an empire. They ruled the then known world. They were the most powerful people. And Pharaoh was the most powerful man, not in a country, in the world. And he looks at this little Hebrew boy that's been in the pit, peddled at Potiphar's house, prison. Now he says... You're going to be in the palace with me. <laughs> and Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's hand and, and arrayed him in vestures of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bow the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Phineah, and he gave him to wife Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old. Now remember, this journey started when he was 17. Think of all the years. That's a long time of seeming like life was unfair. But things are changing. And Joseph, verse 46, and Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And in the seven plenteous years, the earth brought forth by handfuls. And he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt, and laid up the food in the cities. The food of the field, which is round about every city, laid he up in the same. And Joseph gathered corn as the sand of the sea, very much until he left numbering, for it was without number. And unto Joseph were born... Two sons. Before the years of famine came. Which Asenath the daughter of Potiphar a priest of own barren to him. And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. For God said. He hath made me forget all my toil. And all my father's house. And the name of the second called he Ephraim. For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And the seven years of plenteousness that was in the land of Egypt were ended. And the seven years of dearth began to come according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was all in the lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. 
And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all of Egypt, Go unto Joseph, what he has said to you do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn because that the famine was so sore in all the lands. Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning asking you to do what no man can do. Speak to our hearts and help us now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to do your very best to pay close attention. I believe what's said here this morning is extremely important. Not because I'm saying it. Because this is the word of God. God's word has been given to us for our admonition, for our learning. And the sad truth is we could be sitting right in a building and hearing God's word and not learn from it. That would be the saddest thing in the life of a young person today is to hear God's word today and just simply not learn from it, not gain from it, not apply it to our lives. I want you to notice verse 51. As I was sitting in church the other day, there was someone very dear to me. He sent these two verses to me. And said, I think this will encourage you. I want you to notice in verse 51, we find that God says in verse 51 that Joseph has been blessed with two sons. And I want you to notice the names of the son. Of the firstborn Manasseh, for God said, he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Then verse 52, and the name of the second called Ephraim. So we find that Manasseh and Ephraim. We find that those names of those boys has everything to do with the life of Joseph. The Bible said God said name these boys this. And so I think it's interesting that we find here that the first word means to forget. And the second word of the name of the boy is fruitful. Now Joseph had a very special position with great authority over all of the land. We know that he interpreted Pharaoh's dream. Pharaoh had the dream that there were Seven weak stalks of corn, seven weak cattle, seven strong cattle, seven plenteous of corn, and the weak ate up the, uh, the plenteous. So Joseph interpreted a dream and said, look, there's going to be seven years of plenteousness and there's going to be seven years of famine. And because he interpreted the dream, we know that Pharaoh lifted him up in the same position that he was. Now we know, based on what we've read this morning, that, that that famine was not just a region. It was a worldwide famine. So it wasn't just like that area. God very well said over all of the face of the earth. So everybody in the then known world looked to Egypt. This affected everybody. This wasn't just a region of famine. It was the, all of the countries that was closed. But there were food in Egypt. And the reason there was food in Egypt... Because Joseph had enough wisdom to interpret the dream. And because he interpreted the dream, Pharaoh put him over charge of that. By the way, he did a great job with it. But before Joseph ever came to this place of distinction, many things happened in his life. Many things that you and I would not want to happen to our children. Many things. And we've talked about them a little bit today. But years had passed since that 17 year old boy had been taken by his brethren. 
and conspired against and thrown in a pit and sold to the Israelites. Many years, he's no longer a 17-year-old young man. He's now a 30-year-old man. He had been a slave in Egypt. He came into Potiphar's house. He was falsely accused by the wife. And he was thrown into prison. And in prison... He interpreted the, the baker and the butler's dreams and he was forgotten. But then God allowed him to be able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh. Think about it. Then after all of this, we read now that it looks like the, the sun is going to start shining again. Uh, he, he's recognized for who he is and now he's got a ring placed on his finger and Pharaoh's putting him all around the whole land of Egypt and he's telling them this man is as powerful as I am. I mean, it looks like the sun's coming up. And oh, 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 now God has blessed him with a wife and he's been given a wife. No doubt he'd been lonely, no doubt. This is exactly one of the physical things that he needed, one of the loves of every person's life. God had given him a wife. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 41, God now has blessed him with two sons. Manasseh and Ephraim. And Joseph named his first son Manasseh, declaring this, this is what I have forgotten. And then he gives the name of the second boy, Ephraim, declare what I've been blessed with. Now, I, I want here's the message this morning. We need to just stop seeing what we've what's gone. But we need to start seeing what we've got. We need to quit focusing in on the things that are gone. And start focusing in on what we got. That's what God says. He said, here we go. He said, I'm going to name these boys. You're going to name these boys. It's going to be really the theme of your life. There's some things you're going to have to realize that you have lost. There are some things that are gone. Some of the things in your past is gone, Joseph. Some of the things you've lost. Some of the things you're going to have to forget. But I want you to know something. In the midst... Of all of that trouble. In the midst of all of that heartbreak. In the midst of all of that sorrow. You also need to start seeing the fruitfulness. And not everything that's gone. But you need to start seeing the things that I've given unto you. The blessings. The blessings. Manasseh and Ephraim. See much of our lives. Now y'all stay with me. Much of our lives are spent in disappointment. Most of our lives. If we can only see. if we, if we, And what we choose to do. Is only to see the affliction. We only want to see the bad. We only want to see the sorrow. We only want to see the unfairness. But God says to Joseph. If you want to live like that. You have a lot of things. To remind you. That life's not been fair. We identify what is gone, but so many times we fail to see what's given. Do you know I've seen people ruin their life because of something that's happened in the past and they, they completely don't see the blessings they have right in front of them. Because all they want to do, they don't ever want to forget. All they want to do is talk about what they've lost. All they want to talk about what's gone. And they fail to see how God is blessing them 
right now. Much of our time is spent dealing with our troubles instead of recognizing our blessings. And by the way, I'm preaching to me this morning. There is nobody that is more guilty of doing this than me. Oh, pastor, I'm shocked. Well, be shocked. It's truthful. See, God gives blessings in the days of trouble. Boy, Brother Mark, you said it right. Oh, you said it right. I want you to think about it now. I want you to think about it. Jonah in the belly of that whale to sacrifice and give a voice of thanksgiving. What in the world? Give a voice of thanksgiving because he's in the belly of a whale? That's a mature Christian. You know how mature you are in the middle of your troubles and your trials and your sorrow that you still realize that God is, has a will and has a perfect will for your life. And a, a, a real mature Christians can give a voice of thanksgiving even in their trouble. Joseph was in a strange land. He was not an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew. This was not his home. His father loved him. He loved his father. He's in a completely different, strange place now. He, he loved his father, but he was rejected by his own brethren. He was sold for silver. He was received by a Gentile bride. Asenath was a Gentile bride. Now, if y'all are missing, don't miss this. This is a beautiful picture of Christ. You know why it's a beautiful picture of Christ? It sounds so familiar when we think about our Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says, He came into His own and His own received Him not. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver and was rejected by the Jews. He also received a Gentile. Of course someday He will reveal Himself. To his brethren, the Jews. This is a beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Joseph, Joseph revealed himself to his brethren. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is going to reveal himself. So see, Joseph was in a place of sorrow. Joseph was in a place of affliction. That's the actual word that God used here. Verse, look at it, verse 52. You're going to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. In other words, in the very land that you're afflicted, God says, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be fruitful. I'm doing something. Now think about this. Joseph's in this place of affliction. He was in a strange place. A place that he would never, stay with me, he would never call Egypt his home. You know why? Because when he died, before he died, he told his family, he said, look, when I die, I want you to get my bones up out of here. Take me back home. We're going to live victoriously. We must see the Lord in our situations. Look, we're dealing with all kinds of situations. I thought about this. I just, I just voiced to someone in this building. I'm praying for you. You say, why did you do that, Pastor? Because I know a little bit about what this person's struggling with. Doesn't seem fair. I'm sure there's some long dark nights. I'm sure there are a lot of questions. I'm sure there's a lot of loneliness there. But I want you to know something. If we're going to live victorious. And by the way, we don't always live victorious. 
But I'm telling you, if we're going to, we're going to have to, by faith, see the Lord in the midst of every situation that we're in. We must see the blessings of God during the days of our trouble, like Joseph has. We must recognize in the midst of the clouds. By faith. I, I even said this this morning. By faith. By faith. Sometimes we don't even see the sun, but by faith we know it's there. We're just trusting, even in the dark. See? But God said, I want you to recognize, even in the midst of your clouds, the sun is still shining. Now look, that's easy preaching. That's easy for me to talk about. It's a little harder to live. When the clouds are so thick and the nights are dark, sometimes... We are struggling by faith even to see the sun is shining. But I want you to know something. We can live victorious in whatever situation we are in. Look, I think it's wonderful here that God reveals to us this lesson in Joseph's sons. These two names. Forget, fruitful. Forget, fruitful. See, Joseph's son represented, one of them represented all that he had forgotten. And the other son represented the fruitfulness. And one represented what was gone. And one was representing what was given. That's the message. One represented what was gone. And the other one represented what was given. And by the way, I think all of us ought to be focusing on what was given. What's been given. But what we all like to do is we like to just think and dwell on what's gone. So, can I help you? As the Lord helps me. Number one, our forgetting. Write it down. We learn a lot about this because in Genesis chapter 41 verse 51, Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. He had made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Now listen to me now, stay with me. This does not mean that Joseph forgot his father. It does not mean that Joseph did, did forget that his brothers existed. He didn't forget that, and that's not what God's talking about. By the way, we are incapable of forgetting. Some people have this idea, well, forgiveness is forgetting. Well, then you'll never forgive. You're not capable of forgetting things. Only God is able to forget. You're not able, I'm not able to forget. So people say, well, I tell you what, I forgave you about it because I forgot about it. You're not, you're lying. You, you, you can't forget about things unless you have amnesia or something happens and you medically cannot. You are not, you are not a being, I am not a being. A human is not a being that is capable of forgetting things even though how hard we try. So that's not what this passage means. That he has forgotten his family. He forgot where he was raised. He forgot the place where he grew up as a boy. He didn't forget his fond memories. It didn't mean that he, that he forgot uh, all of those things. Can you get a hold of this this morning? Because this is the crutch of the whole thought that I want to get across this morning. Forgot here means that Joseph was able to get over his hurt and get on with his life. Amen. Now stay with me. That sometimes takes time. I was able to be in the presence of someone the other day. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I was in the presence of someone the other day. And I went there to try to encourage this person. And we began to talk. And she was frustrated 
because some things have happened in our life and people, we just, we just want people to snap out of stuff. Just snap out. Just snap out. I mean, huge, horrible things happen and we expect people just to snap out of it. Just snap. Snap. Like a click of the finger. You're just supposed to get over that pastor. You're just supposed to get past that pastor. You ain't supposed to be hurt by that pastor. You're not supposed to be affected by that pastor. You're so spiritual. Just snap out of it. By the way, it took Joseph from 17 to 30. Sometimes we mark this like, oh, they're not spiritual. They're not spiritual. They're not spiritual. They just ain't snapping out of it. Well, by the way, Joseph wasn't spiritual then because it took him a long time. But here's the key. He wanted to and he was fighting to. And by the way, I've met and learned people. When people want to and they get a hold of God and they desire to snap out of it, God will help you snap out of it in time. For some, depending on what's going on, what's happened. I mean, you know, if something's happened in your life and it's hurt you, but it's something that might take a day, then God bless you. But there are sometimes things happen in life that is great atrocities, great hurt, great trouble, great struggle, and sometimes it takes time to get to a place where we can get over the hurt so we can go on with our lives. But the real sad ones is, is the ones that don't want to get over their hurt. And they just waller in it. They waller in it all their life and they make everybody else miserable around them because they're wallering. They've been hurt. Something bad's happened. Why God? This isn't fair. And so what we do is we always want to talk about what's gone and we miss what's been given. Guilty. Are forgetting. Forgot means that Joseph was able to get over his hurt and get on with his life. Look, there ain't not one of us here this morning that's not going to live life without getting hurt. It's not a one. I wish I could tell all these young people here, you're going to live a life, you're never going to get hurt, but I'd be lying to you. There's hurt, there's pain, there's sin. But I'm going to tell you what Joseph did. He was able to get over the heartache and get on with living. He was able to go beyond his afflictions, afflictions, his trouble, his hurt, and live a victorious life. Took time. Took time. But here's the key. He had a goal. He trusted God. God had, he, God had put him in places. There were places that he was in that God allowed things happen. Even in the sin of other people's lives. God allows things in our life for us to deal with things. And we have to deal with them according to trusting the Lord. Even when we don't feel like it. Just like Jonah. If Jonah had a choice, he would have never... Wanted to be put in that whale's belly or in that great fish's belly. But because of his sin, it not only affected him, it affected all those sailors. It affected the Ninevites. It affected everybody. By the way, a lot of times we say, oh, well, sin, that wasn't of God. Yeah, I know. But we know that sin affects other people's lives. And sin brings forth what? Life? No, brings death. 
And death had been brought to Joseph's life. But thank God he was able to overcome his hurt and get on with his life. That's what that phrase meant. By the way, God helped him too. Gave him two sons. Gave him a beautiful wife. Gave him two sons. Put him in the palace. Put a ring on his hand. Made him a very powerful man. And God said, hey, I'm going to bless. I'm going to encourage you. You've lost a lot. There's been a lot gone from you. But I want you to know right in the midst of all of that, look at all that you've received. And every time he looked at his children, he couldn't help. Well, there's things I've... It's been gone, but praise God, there's Ephraim. Hey, there's things I've been blessed with. Our forgetting. Did it ever dawn on you? I know this is kind of a crazy question, but has it ever dawned on you that there is not one perfect person on this earth? How many of y'all believe y'all know that for sure, that you really truly believe that there's not one perfect person on this earth? Would y'all agree with me? Y'all believe that? How many of you thought at one time you were perfect? I appreciate several of you raised your hand. There's not one perfect person or one perfect place on this earth. You believe that? Have you ever thought that, you ever think about how the fact that you are not perfect and no one you live with is perfect? Don't you think about that? You know why? The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. I get tickled. I, I'm amused. By the way, I'm just going to say this. I'm, I'm going to be very, very rare who I marry these days. My marriages are going to be few and far between because if I don't feel good about it, I ain't marrying them no more. That means if they're going to want me to marry them, they're going to go through some extensive counseling. I'm going to feel good about all of it. And if I don't, I'm just going to say, hey, looky here, I'm sorry I can't marry y'all. You know why? Because I get amused. They come in my office. They're in love. They got them googly eyes. And they look at one another. And here's what that fella thinks. And he's as silly as the day is long. Here's what he thinks. Well, she's getting the perfect man. And you know what she thinks? And she thinks, and this big goofball is getting the most beautiful, perfect woman. And then here's what happens. Reality sets in. And it don't take them both very long to realize that they've not married the perfect person. But it always amuses me. And so now I'm even more serious about it. Because now I've noticed most of the time when I counsel, they're really not listening to me anyway. They're just going through the motions. I've, I've learned that. But looky here. And I know that's, a, that's I don't know if y'all use that language. Looky here. But looky here. I ain't doing it no more. If someone sits in front of me and they're not paying attention and they're not putting enough effort in to listen, looky here, they can go to the justice of the peach. I ain't married. Peach. Peach. They can go to the justice of the peace. I ain't marrying them. I'm not marrying them. And so I'm just fair warning everybody right now. Nobody needs to get mad at me. No one gets to upset with me. That's something that I get to choose whether or not I do. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. There's nothing more hurtful when you try to marry someone and that marriage dissolves. You feel like you're part in that failure, see? And then I question, did I not do enough? Did I not talk enough? Did I not say enough? Did, were they not ready? And again, I say all that because in your mind, we all get married. None of us are ready to get married.
married, but we all have this idea that, oh, everything's going to be great. No, marriage is going to be the hardest thing you've ever gotten involved in your life. You know why? Because you're selfish and so am I. That's why marriage is so hard. You put two selfish people together and the only way that thing's going to work is when you become unselfish. So I say all of that. Has it ever dawned on you that no one is perfect? See, here's why. Many people live in the past. By the way, I live in the past. Sometimes there's things brought up in our lives that we can't get away from the past. But there's so many people that just live in the past. They'll not forget. They'll not forgive the past. They will not get over things that has been done to them and get on with their life. That's why he said, look. Joseph, you have a lot of things in your life. If you don't get over, you can live very defeated. But he says, that's why I want to, you to name your sons these names. There's going to have to be some forgetting. In other words, you're going to have to get over your hurt. You're going to have to quit looking at everything that is gone. See, because when all you're doing is looking at everything that's gone, you're not, re you're not recognizing the things that's been given to you. I thought about this. If we took everybody in this room right now and I took you to Elder Rick Kenya with me, there would not be one of you ever, ever complain about your automobile. You'd never complain about it. If I took you to Elder Rick Kenya and let you stay there for three weeks, I can promise you this, not one person would complain about the food they eat. Promise. Been there. How would y'all like to go and pick up your meat and flies are blowing on it? And by the way, y'all remember back in the 70s when y'all used to get them chicken legs? Back in the 70s, some of you are too young, but back in the 70s, I, you know, mom would bring them old chicken legs home and I mean, some of them looked like, you know, looked like they were famine. They were famished. Y'all know what I'm talking about? How many of y'all noticed the difference in chicken legs today than back 25? Y'all know why? Because they're pumping them plumb full of stuff to make them grow fast. But by the hey, look here in Eldorette Kenyon, when you get a chicken leg, you get about one bite. It, it took me back to my childhood days. And now, by the way, when they say they're going to get the kitchen ready, they're going to get the stove ready, that means they're going to go get some fire, and they're going to get some coal, and they're going to crank up some stones, and they're going to put your chicken on that. It takes an hour and a half to get your food put out there. Microwaves? What's a microwave? What's lights in Eldoret, Kenya? What is a bath? Yeah, look here, I'm not being ugly, but what's a bathroom? Come on now. What are even the necessities in a bathroom? They ain't got them there. And we sit around and we complain and we whine and we talk about how bad we have it. If we would go to another part of the country, we would feel like, and we should feel that way, God has blessed us. Thank God for air conditioner. What about if your church was under a tree? 
And they walked miles to get there. I mean, we went to one of those cinemas that night. It was pouring the rain. I was like, ain't nobody going to be there. I mean, pouring the rain. We all had umbrellas. I'll never forget it. Never forget it. Pull up. They had that big sheet up on a tree. And man, they were showing that film. And I mean, as far as you could see, man, people were standing there watching that film. And one guy, I'm serious now, I've never forgotten this. He had an eight-foot piece of metal roofing tied to his head. You say, oh, Pastor, you're lying. I'm telling you right now, I took a picture of it. The guy had a piece of eight foot, four by eight, or like three and a half feet wide, eight feet long. I mean, metal roofing. Had that thing tied around his neck with rope. And there was as many Africans as you could see underneath that thing. Just to hear somebody preach. And oh my goodness, if it rains and all we got to do is get in a car and drive here and maybe get wet five feet from the door, we ain't coming. Oh, I just don't think the weather's just horrible. Can I, can I? Philippians 3.10 says this, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made comfortable unto his death, conform, conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended. In other words, God, he's what he's saying. Say, look, I want to find out why you apprehended me for. I want to get what you got me for. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth and those things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Did Paul mean in this passage that he had forgotten everything about the stoning of Stephen? Do you think that Paul forgot when he was stoned at Lystra? Do you think he forgot when he was trying to build a fire and a, sna a venomous snake bidding? Do you think he forgot all the storms and the shipwreck and all that befallen him? No. He couldn't forget all of those things. But what he's saying is I have got over those things. I've got over the hurt so I can live victoriously. Let's go back to Joseph a minute. Y'all stay with me and I'm going to close. Could you imagine if Joseph wanted to Y'all know what he pulled on us. Here's what he pulled on us. And I've heard this and I've done it. You don't realize what I've gone through. You don't understand. I had everything going for me. I lived in a nearly perfect home. My father loved me. My dad was Jacob. The son of Isaac and the grandson of Abraham. I'm of great stock. You don't know who I am. You don't know where I live. You don't understand this. I had everything I wanted, but my brothers sold me to the Ishmaelites. They took me from my home, the place I loved, the only place I wanted to be. Wasn't fair, I'm telling you. They ripped me up out, threw me in a pit, sold me to the Ishmaelites. And let me go ahead and tell you this, what you don't know is my own brethren wanted to kill me. They took me from my home, they brought me down here to Egypt. I was sold as a slave. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? If Joseph could talk, he could say it. And I'm sure he might have. Do you not understand how hurt I am? Do you not understand what was done? How unfair. 
I tried to live for God. And I tried to be true. But even in Potiphar's house, his wife lied about me. I mean, God, that ain't fair. Y'all don't understand that, do you? Have you ever had anybody, somebody lie to you? Wasn't fair. Joseph could have pulled that. And I'm sure there was many nights in prison. He felt this. He's human. They cast me into prison. I was in prison. I tried to do what was right. I made friends with people in prison. And then I told, I interpreted dreams to two people. They t the butler said he wouldn't forget about me. And he got right out of prison. And guess what? He forgot about me. I don't know that Joseph didn't struggle in that way. But we don't hear it. We don't see it. But y'all know this. He had every opportunity to live like that. And to talk like that. And by the way, many of us do act like that and talk like that all the time. And we don't have near as much as he dealt with. So go ahead. I'm preaching to you and I'm preaching to me. Suppose Joseph had gone on like that. And this is the way many people live. They live in the past. May God help us to forget those things which are behind. Doesn't mean you're going to physically be able to forget them. But look, this world is not perfect. The Bible says it's going to get worse. We must not fail to see the goodness of God. By the way, right now, God is good to you. There might be some things that are gone. There might some, be some things that you've lost. But if you'll survey and look around, I don't see anybody here that's going without food. I don't see anybody here that's walked to church today. We're all driving in nice vehicles. We have a nice roof over our head. And if you have a spouse or you have a husband or a wife and y'all fought through some things to stay together, then quit letting the past ruin it. But in the midst of this, we must not fail to see the goodness of God in the days of our sorrow. God help us to see the blessings. That's what I want to just say today. And by the way, tonight, I'm going to talk to you about the fruitfulness. But look, this is easy preaching, hard living. I'm just being honest. It's easy preaching, it's hard living. Because you know what? When you're in the middle of that storm, when you're in the middle of that affliction, when you're in the middle of all of that, listen to me, you're human. God knows you're human. But I said to someone the other day, I said, have you always been a fighter? And this person looked at me and said, yes, I've always been a fighter. But she said, I'm in a position right now that it just don't seem like I'm fighting. I said, well, then there's a reason why. If you've always fought, and I'm not saying you're not going to fight now, because I encourage her, I said, don't give up. I said, don't quit fighting. you got to keep fighting. You can't give in. But at the same time, let God help you while you're fighting. And sometimes it just takes a little bit of time. And you know what? I've learned this through the years. Brother Market said something today. And by the way, I'm, I'm wanting to grow. There were things I said as a young preacher I wouldn't say today. But I, I got it. Brother Marcus said, look, there was a particular time that I let certain things affect me. And he says, now I've made some choices in my life. What's he saying? Not that he's forgotten those things, but he's gotten over the hurt. He's allowed things to be different so he can get on and live. He said, I want to live life and I want to live it joyfully. By the way, that's what I want to do. I want to live happy. By the way, 
And I'm going to just say this, a message for another time, maybe after a little bit of time, when I get some help myself, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm about, I'm about put up and put out with Christian people feel like we got to live such un... We got to have all of our T's dot, all of our T's crossed, all of our I's dotted, but we walk around and we're not even happy. Amen. I'm tired of it. The Christian life is more than that. Amen. Dotting all of our T's and crossing our I's and not have the joy of Jesus. There's a difference. And I don't know about y'all, I want the joy of Jesus. I ain't following some religion. I'm not trying to follow something like, I'm worried about what you think about me and I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to have all this right. No, I want you to know, I want my heart right. I want to be joyful in Jesus. That's for another time. As you can tell, I'm passionate about it. How many of y'all glad to be here this morning? How many of you feel like you got a little bit of help? Amen. Can I ask this? How many of you are going through something right now? Don't be ashamed of it. You're going through something right now. Would you raise your hands? Tough. Rough stuff? Okay. Look, then feel. Struggle through, but struggle through. Let God help you through it. It might take some time, but you're going to make up your mind. You're going to get to a place where you can get over the hurt so you can live on with your life and live it joyfully. That's what... Joseph did. That's what God said. Why I'm going to name those boys that. There's some things you got to forget. There's things you've got to get over so you can live joyfully. How many of y'all want to live joyfully? I do. God help us, right? Could you stand to your feet this morning? I'm afraid a lot of Christians become magicians. They show something, but it ain't what's inside, see? And we need to get away from that stuff. We need to have joy in the Lord. We're not following some set of rules here. We have a relationship with Jesus. There's a difference, man. When you get that thing down, that, that changes everything. How many of you know you've went through some things and God's had to help you to to forget them. And I don't mean you physically forgot them because you're not able. But you've, you know that God has helped you get over things of the past so you can live. Would you be honest just by blue? How many of you know God's done that for you? Would you raise your hand? That's a great testimony. So what about now? Where are you at now? Where are you at now? I say, Pastor Mark, I'm in the darkest, deepest storm of my life. Okay. Okay. But even in the darkest, deepest of that storm, keep your eyes on what God's given you and what he's going to do. Just keep your eyes there. But boy, what we like to do, we like to just stay on that stuff that we've lost. We like to stay on the stuff that's gone. But boy, he named these two boys. There's got to be a forgetting and there's got to be fruitfulness. How many of you know with head bowed and eyes closed, the Lord spoke to your heart this morning? You know, has he, has he talked to you today? Would you raise your hand? Why don't, as soon as they begin to play, they're going to play right now. Why don't you come while your heart's tender? Just come. Kneel at this altar. Ask God to help you. Get alone with Him. Take a few moments. If you're not going to come down the aisle, then make your pew an altar. 
But pray. Talk to Him. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Because you know as well as I do, if you walk out this door and not deal with it now, more than likely you won't deal with it later. Let Him deal with you now. Many of you raised your hand and said you know that He helped you get over some things. Well, how about thank Him for it this morning? Think about this. God sees the rainbow on the other side of the storm. We don't. We can't. But we know the one who does. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the life of Joseph and what we can gather from it, what we can glean from it. Lord, I pray that you'll take it and move in our hearts. Help us, change us, help us to see you. Help us to get to know you better. And we'll thank you for what you do. Bring us back the next appointed time. Give us all safety as we travel home. We thank you for your goodness. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And all God's people say it. Bless you. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy life. Enjoy that food. Amen.